again, everyone, and welcome back to Hey, I Like, the podcast where we just uh, talk about something that's on our neurodivergent brains lately and just go on and on. And you'll notice I'm not Jess because I'm sitting here in the seat of power. I'm in the host's seat. <laughs> now, where is Jess? Uh, Jess is uh, guesting today, technically. I because am, yeah. Yes, because you have a topic again near and dear i do you're very excited about <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna do something a little bit weird here in case voices might sound a little bit odd we're gonna record this and then just will be back later and tell us more about this yeah and perspective so <laughs> what are we talking about this this episode, I am our guest speaker. Um, I am here to talk today about the wonderful event of the year, which is Olympia. And no one's going to know what that is. <laughs> somebody will. Somebody, somebody, somebody out there will probably know what it is, but it will probably be the people who are listening to this who already know me and have heard me talk about it 50 million times. So, <laughs> <laughs> But that's what the podcast is for. So, <laughs> yeah. So to get, to get started on this, uh, because, yeah, as, as you so, um, so competently said earlier... <laughs> This episode is going to be recorded in two parts. Uh, so this is the first part, and then later on in the year, I will be recording the second part, which is my first-hand account of what's happened this year so far. Um, so whoop, whoop, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be amazing. Anyway, so Olympia is technically not actually the correct name for the thing that I'm talking about. What? <laughs> I know, right? Um, so Olympia is officially known as the London International Horse Show. And the reason why it's called Olympia is because it has always, well, I say always, until relatively recently, it had only ever been held at uh, Kensington Olympia in London, which is a big, um, like big, like arena stadium type thing that I don't think is normally used for sporting events. <laughs> but once a year it is it is used for a big horse show um and that is that is what we're going to be talking about today so that is very cool um but yeah so uh olympia london international horse show is a really big horse show as you can probably tell that is held in london and yeah it used to be held at olympia which is yeah a big big arena big stadium um right in the very city center um since 2021, it's been held at the Excel Arena, which is a big, uh, another big arena in London that's normally used for, I think, concerts, um, like music concerts. Um, but yeah, they had to move. I'm not 100% sure why. <laughs> uh, something, something COVID, something, something money. Um, and it, I, I was really upset about it when they first moved because it had been at Olympia for as long as Ever. I could remember, as long as my mum yeah. could remember. Um, it's normally broadcast live on the BBC every year. Um, so I grew up watching it, basically. Um, it's 
a... I'm trying to count on my fingers how many days it is. Six? Five, six okay. day show. Um, and it's always held in the week immediately preceding Christmas. Or like the last oh. full week before whatever week Christmas is in. So it's always it's always the last week of term, basically. Oh. <laughs> um, which is terrible. But yeah, so it's when it was at Olympia, it was held Monday through well, not Monday, Tuesday through Sunday. Oh, um with Sunday being the last day, Tuesday being the first. Um, and now it's moved to Excel. It's Wednesday through Monday, uh, with Wednesday being the first day and Monday being the last. Uh, so the Monday would be in the Christmas holidays. <laughs> um, so I... So they're over before yeah. Christmas Eve. It's over before Christmas Eve. It's always oh. over before Christmas Eve. But in terms of, like, horsey people... And like the calendar, I guess. A lot of horsey people don't consider it to be like Christmas time until Olympia happens. Um, wow. Because it's so close to Christmas and it's just, it's synonymous with the Christmas season for, so, for people so in, who are really into horses. So in America, the day after Thanksgiving, oh, put the Christmas decorations <laughs> out. Horse people. Yeah. yeah. Olympia's Olympia. not over yet. We can't put the tree up. <laughs> No, we normally <laughs> we normally put our we normally put our tree up earlier, but you're not really like in the festive spirit until Olympia starts. And part of that is because the last performance of the night every night is normally well, I don't think they they haven't done it the last few times I've been, but when I was a kid watching it on TV, the last performance that they did of the night was always a, a special Christmas um like display. Um, so they normally do like a big like parade around the arena with a load of kids and like some ponies pulling Santa's sleigh and all of that kind Aww. of thing. And it was just, you know, Christmas music. And a lot of it was to hide the fact that they were cleaning, like clearing the arena. <laughs> but it was good fun. And, you know, they had like all the like previous displays all coming, like uh, all of them would come out and stuff like that. And no. like there would be lights and Christmas music and all of that. And I'm, um, I'm, I'm yeah. Guessing, since these are multi-use arenas, do they bring in dirt for the event? Yes. Yeah. Okay. They and bring then they in, clean it up. Yeah. They bring in a surface and then take it away. Um, okay. So there's normally, I think there's like some kind of layer underneath. So they'll have like the sand and stuff for the arena, but then they'll have something laid down underneath it so they can clear it away really easily. But when I say clearing the arena, I mean taking out like the jumps. <laughs> Right, <laughs> like the jumps and the plant pots and all of the like set dressing, basically. Um, but yeah, because they were doing a load of Christmas displays and because it's right near Christmas and they have a big shopping village right next door, um, it's very much considered like the 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 big Christmas event of the like horsey calendar. So, um, so yeah, the the Christmas the shopping thing is quite good because it means that you can get your last minute Christmas presents there. Um, but yeah, so I went to Olympia once as a small child. I say small, I was probably about eight or nine. And that was the first time I went. And that was before I really like, I don't want to say before I really knew anything about horses because I'd read so many books and I had been riding for a little while. But it was, I think it was the year I got my first pony. Oh. Um, So I would have probably been nine, nine or ten. 
Um, and that was the first time I went and I went with my parents and my sibling and my grandparents. And it was like a big family thing. And we took the train down and it started, sh it started snowing while we were there. So when we came out at like midnight, it was like everything was white. I was just in central London, so it must have snowed a lot. Uh, and like we drove home really late at night in the snow and it was all a big deal. Um, and we went again the year that I got Fleur. Uh, and it was just after, um, no, it was just before we'd like officially bought Fleur. So we knew that she was coming, but we didn't have her yet. Um, so we bought, we bought her a load of rugs and treats and stuff from Olympia as like our Christmas present to her. Um, and because we didn't have everything we needed yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's like, it was really nice to go as a kid especially to those kinds of things because like you know you know when you're a kid and it's like getting to go to bed late is like the biggest deal <laughs> you know yeah um and this, the the evening 10. the evening performances at olympia don't end end until sort of 10 11 o'clock at night um and because it's in london and obviously i don't live in london you then have to get home afterwards and it's the the driving home in the dark and all of that and it's, it was yeah. just very very cool as a kid um and then, and that time we went, when we just got Fleur, I think we went with the Pony Club, which is hilarious because I hadn't been to Pony Club that whole year. Uh, <laughs> but I think that was the year we went with the Pony Club and we took a bus. So we, we went home with them as well. Um, but after that, I didn't go for years and years and years. Um, and then I went again as an adult with the riding team from university. Um, and that was a lot of fun. But in that intervening period, that was when I got into dressage. So the times that I went as a kid, and this is what this is the thing about Olympia, they do all the disciplines, right, except for eventing. So they do all kinds of stuff with the horses. So when I'd gone as a kid, I'd gone just to see the show jumping. Um, but when I went as an adult with the horse riding people from uni, I went to see the dressage. I went to see the freestyle to music dressage class, <laughs> which was the evening performance that finished really late and we were worried that we weren't going to be able to get the last train home <laughs> because oh. it ended so late at night. Um, but part of what makes it so much fun, even if you don't have a clue what you're really watching in terms of the competition, is they have all their displays in the middle. So, um, so they hold uh, dog agility, um, like their dog agility qualifiers for crufts, which is like the big national dog competition. <laughs> Um, they hold a Shetland Pony Grand National, which if you've never seen Shetland Ponies doing jump racing, I highly recommend it. Go Google it. It's beautiful. Shetland? It's so funny. Shetland Ponies are the they're, really tiny ones. I, I know. <laughs> they're so small and they're doing um, jumps. And yeah, the Grand National is like the UK's big like jump race, national hunt racing. So... Um, so they go charging around this arena at full speed, jumping little hedges. It's amazing. <laughs> they set it up like a full, like, as if it's a proper, like, race. Uh, it's brilliant. It's so fun to watch. Uh, and they do that every night. And then every year they have um, at least one, normally two other horsey displays. So, um, so sometimes they'll be international displays so they had one of the years that i went they had the ukrainian cossacks 
um they came with their horses and did a load of like stunt riding stuff and it was really cool they'd like you know charge around and like hang off their horses sideways and upside down and like horseback archery and all sorts and it was amazing um they've had the the mounted police they've had the household cavalry they've had um like natural horsemanship people from spain <laughs> you know they've had they've had all sorts of people come in and do these displays um and they use that to like break up the big chunks of like serious competition i guess because it's now the uk like part of the fei's world cup series for multiple disciplines so yeah so they use the sort of fun displays to sort of break that up which is really cool i think and yeah a lot of them are christmas themed and it's it's beautiful <laughs> i love okay. it so much <laughs> so is the draw just a spectacle of everything in one place or is it sort of yeah or is it this is the most prestigious um a bit of both so okay. so for kids especially it's great because you can see everything yeah. right and they try and make it as fun as they can like between between classes when they're like taking down and setting up the stuff that they need they'll play like music and they'll have all the lights going and sometimes they'll like spotlight on random people in the crowds and show them on the big screen to show what they're doing it's great <laughs> and, like, like, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but for like adults or people who are like really really into one particular thing and that's what they're there to see it's because it's like the pinnacle of that discipline right so like um if we go sort of more into i guess like the structure of how the days work um it's changed a lot since i was a kid but this year's schedule the very first like class i guess like the very first performance that they do um has the grand prix dressage which is like olympic standard dressage uh and then the day after the day that i'm going is um <laughs> is the freestyle to music which is when they do it to music oh uh, and they have to do they have to do well enough in the first day to then do the second day mm. so it's like the top the, the best of the best basically so you're missing um, basically the qualifier but you're seeing the finale yeah yeah oh, okay. okay um and then i think it's a little bit it's a little bit different with the show jumping because they do they do their world cup qualifiers which are again like olympic standard show jumping but in between all of that they do quite a few like sort of more obscure or like fun show jumping classes so like there's one evening where their their like competition for the evening is the puissance which it's it's a french name but it's basically the one with the wall where every round the wall gets higher <laughs> so it's like a horsey high jumping competition okay. um and if you knock down the wall you're out you don't get another shot is that spelled, um, is that spelled like prescience it's spelled like p-u-i-s-s-a-n-c-e okay so it's not quite the same it is a different no. word <laughs> i'm like um this, this but yeah, so like. that's, yeah. that's where the records get broken in the puissance mm. class because it's a high jumping competition. Um, and yeah, if you knock out a brick, that's it, you're out. If your horse stops, that's it, you're out. Uh, there's no, you don't get to represent at the wall, that's it, you're done. 
you'd think physics would eventually state, no, this is as high a force could ever Well, jump. yeah, like, it <laughs> yeah. does eventually. Um, but there's also, they've put in a lot more rules since they first started running it so that it's safer for the horse and rider in terms of, like, exhaustion. Um, yeah. Because they used to be able to go on for as many rounds as it took to eliminate everyone except for one person. Um, but now they are capped at a maximum of, I think, five rounds. Okay. Um, and it's up to the like ground jury how high they make the wall on each round. So if if they do the first round of jumping and every single person clears it, they might put it up by Double 10, it. 15, 20 centimetres. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, We're not doubling at it. We're once. just adding a few centimetres. Yeah. <laughs> they'll, they'll add like a row of bricks and the bricks are a certain like height. Okay. Um, but they, they might add just one row they might add two or three rows depending on how how well people are jumping if they do the first round and everyone but two people is eliminated <laughs> then they kind of have to sort of eke it out a bit more because they have a time slot to fill you know but um but yeah so on the ground they'll be watching and seeing how well the the wall is jumping and sort of add in the rows based on that um but yeah i know that some like local shows run a similar class uh, okay. without a wall because how many people just have a wall lying around? I should clarify that this is not a stone wall. <laughs> well, it sounds it like, like it's a, it's a it's like, like foam bricks that it's it's wood, look... oh, um, but okay. it's like lightweight wood. It's like plywood um, that they've like painted to look like bricks. But yeah, like how many people just have a wall lying around at home? So um, a lot of local, I say a lot. It's less common now, but back in the day, it used to be that most show jumping competitions as the very last class of the day would do a chase me Charlie, which is the, exactly the same concept. You have a jump and it gets higher every round, you know, and whoever jumps it the highest wins. Um, just, but they, just, they have was, less rules, so they can just keep going and going and going was, and going. I was just thinking reverse of limbo. <laughs> It's like the opposite of limbo, yeah. Yeah, um, just keep wrapping it and get under it. Raise yeah, raise it and um, jump it. Well, it's 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 human high jump. Yeah, not, not high jump. Um, uh, pole vault. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, um, except without horses using poles to get over massive walls. Right. <laughs> but yeah, they have classes like that. that they have. Um, <laughs> They have speed rounds where the whole idea is to get around as fast as possible. They have um, like special charity classes where they'll get like, there's a class that they're running this year, I think, where um, they get pony club kids and professional show jumpers and they pair them up and they do like a relay race. So, like, the little pony club kid will jump around once on their whizzy little ponies, and then they'll pass a baton to a professional show jumper who will go around to jump the same course. And who, whichever pair gets the fastest time wins the class and stuff like that. It's, they, and they did one with, like, um, jockeys, uh, where they had a load of jockeys jumping, like, professional show jumping courses and stuff like that. They do a lot of fun stuff, um, yeah. which is the whole point. This is why they do it before Christmas, because they're doing a lot of fun classes as well as the serious ones. Yes. It just so happens that this is the biggest, like, horse riding competition in the UK. So, um, so they have to sort of combine everything together. Um, but yeah, so I love it. 
and then a lot. The season, and then the season kind of resets at the beginning. Of yeah. The um, so it depends on what like discipline you're doing when the season resets. Um, dressage runs basically all year round. They have two seasons. They have the summer season and the winter season. Um, the winter season starts in October and ends in March, I okay. think. Um, and then, then you get the summer season that starts. It might not actually. It's very. There's a lot of. There's a weird overlap in dressage where you can start qualifying for the summer season championships right. in January, but the winter season hasn't finished yet. It's there's a crossover, but that's just a weird british thing yeah, I, think um, <laughs> I think there's a lot of i think there's some sports in america that kind of do that yeah um, like, but yeah like racing yeah. is has very strict linear seasons like right. the the hunt race with the like jumps that starts in october and that's when flat racing ends there is no flat racing over winter um well yeah there's too much ice. yeah so. it's cold yeah <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so, um, so I said that uh, this horse show has been held at Olympia for many, many, many years. Um, it was actually held at Olympia for the first time in 1907. Okay, so... So, we had... well over 100 years ago. Yeah, so 100 years wasn't that long ago. Mm. Well... Yeah, I'm still thinking, 2007, that was only five years. No. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Um, but still, so only 15 years ago. It, well, in, it, yeah. in its current form, it was first held in 1907. Um, oh. There was an agricultural show that also featured a lot of like horse show classes that was held there from 1888. Um, okay. But... Yeah, it's not quite the same thing. It's just an agricultural show that happens to have a lot of horse classes. Um, I feel like I don't. Do you have agricultural shows in the states? Well, it depends <laughs> what you mean by an agricultural show. The kind, of, the kind of shows where people show up in tweed jackets and show off their hunting dogs and their cows and their sheep. Oh, we have 4-H, which is mostly, oh. uh, it's mostly students showing off their animals and then we have the county fairs where yeah i guess again, it's, it's closer to a county younger fair. i guess it's mostly younger but yeah you also yeah. have other things it's, going on because so, like yeah. out, out my sort of way you have like the suffolk show and stuff which is an agricultural show, um, show but that's off. because my sort of part of the country is very agricultural based uh that whole yeah. section of the uk is known as like the bread basket of england or something because there's so, so much farming going on but they, yeah yeah, do they have cooking things too? Like, here's yeah. our pie competition. Here's our I don't know because I've only ever been okay. to one. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because they do. Um, they do that yeah, kind I of think thing here too. They do similar. So. Like, yeah, it's the it's the sort of the stereotype of the British like vegetable show and stuff. Like the, the who who can grow the biggest vegetables sort or of competition that right. that goes up at an agricultural show as well. Um, but yeah, so. So there's an agricultural show held at Olympia in 1888 and from then onwards. And then the International Horse Show specifically was first held there in 1907. Um, but fun fact for you guys, the guy who set it up, the 1907 version, the, like, the current format, his, his name was Reginald Gardiner Heaton and he was a horse breeder from Chatteris, which is 
in the same county that I grew up in. Ah, okay. <laughs> it's it's near where we got our our new puppy from. So that's very local. It's not in it's not in London at all. Um, but yeah, he was a horse breeder, and he basically persuaded a load of his friends to help him organize and fund a big international show that was similar to the sorts of shows that were already happening in New York and Paris and Brussels and stuff like that. So, um, so they agreed and they started this big show in London and it's been attended by like royalty, <laughs> you know, like the, the very, very first show Edward the seventh showed up. Oh. And since then, like, um, yeah, the the aristocracy, the royalty or whatever they've shown up because the royal family in particular have always had a very sort of keen interest in horses. Well, um, I mean, once you get into like yeah. the modern the sort of the more modern yeah. royal family. Like, even um, even discounting the fact, you know, these guys used to go to war on horses all the I time. Know. Yeah. <laughs> it's still but, like, a... but yeah, like the Queen um bred fell ponies and Highland ponies. Mm. Um and she was quite famous up until probably like my, sort of my lifetime for riding in all of the parades like she went she continued riding well into her like 70s at least 70s 80s and princess anne won like medals at the olympics for riding so you know <laughs> they um they're very into their horses so it doesn't surprise me at all that sort of the royal family have attended but um it's like it's not just the sort of English royal family. There's been royalty from other countries that have attended as well, which is pretty cool. Especially Denmark, the Danish royal family love their horses too, so they show up sometimes, um, which is really cool. Um, not to like be pro monarchy, yeah, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's kind of cool that they but... show up to our little little yeah. horse show that we have in London, you know. <laughs> but yeah, and people show up from all over the world to come and watch it. So or to you compete. Could, you could so. go you could go and accidentally run into a rug. Yeah. Or or their security guard. The, yeah. Or, yeah. Or you know, you can you can go and run into Olympians, you know? Yeah. Like, they all true. show up and like because the especially because like the shopping shopping village um is like right next to the arena. Um, yeah, like one year me and um me and my mum were sort of walking around the shopping arena and we sort of look over our shoulder and we're like, is that and it was just some guy who'd been on the British Olympic team that year. Okay. <laughs> like, you we, we weren't going to bother them, them you know? <laughs> but, it's that guy from that thing, yeah. But, you know, and, like, especially when some of them have, like, released books or whatever, they'll go and yeah. do book signings and stuff like that, and they'll go and do, like, talks in the corner, and, you know, like, they just rock up there, you know? You can bump into famous people in the shopping village at Olympia. <laughs> Yeah, I still haven't. I still haven't met the uh, the Olympian that I'm seven degrees of separation from. Um, even though he has been at Olympia every single year I've been, <laughs> I've seen him from behind. And God, I know that guy, but he does not know me. <laughs> it's him. Um, you're stop. Yeah. Stop stalking. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, my my yard owner kept offering to take me to his yard, but every time she offered, it was like a school day, so oh, I couldn't yeah. go. Um, and so I still have not met him. Um, one day I will, <laughs> but so this is Burning Man for horses, <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so they do, uh, do they do yeah. 
horse breeding discussions in the back rooms too or <laughs> is it um well yeah they do they do dressage they do show jumping they do the fei yeah. world cup qualifiers for driving as well uh, okay. which is always good fun to watch and it's never shown on the bbc you have to go and find it uh they also do uh showing so they'll do like breed shows still um I have never been eligible for any of those because we don't care about paperwork for our horses. So. Yeah. <laughs> and like we look at we look at Fleur and we're like, she's definitely a Connemara, but we have no paperwork, so we can't enter her in any of the yeah. uh, native breed shows because we can't prove that she's a Connemara. Uh, but yeah, they do that. They also hold um, mounted games classes, which most people are not going to know what that is it's also called gymkhana um which is an indian word we stole it you know as we do um but it's basically like fun little races you normally do it at a pony club you do it on your ponies um i struggle to explain it to people who don't know what it is already because it's slightly insane um but like is it you're um, trying to do something while mounted Sort like, of, yeah. Like toss um, so the like, spring onto that pole I, while mounted. Yeah, at a yeah, 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 basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, you'll have like a bending race where you have to bend in and out of poles and stuff like that. Um, okay. When when we did it at Pony Club, we had to do an egg and spoon race on horseback, which Ooh, makes it 20 wow. times harder. Sounds <laughs> um, insane. Yeah, there's always a sack race. Which you don't have to do on your pony, don't worry. You I ride up not. and then you get off and sack race back, dragging your pony with you. Um, oh, there's one that they do sometimes called... Uh, it's, they do a flag race where you have to move... They have like flags on sticks and you have to move yeah. them between buckets. I've heard... Of, I think I've seen... Um, I think I've that. probably ranted about it in a group chat before. Yeah. Um, and I think technically it's not called this, but the closest equivalent I can think of is tent pegging, uh, where you have like a lance. <laughs> yeah, it's not jousting. I promise that we don't get no, eight-year-olds no. to do I, jousting. Yeah, <laughs> um, why not? They must. You get learn. you get a lance, and it's it's sharp. You get like a sharpened lance, oh. and they have uh, points along a row. And with balloons okay and you pop like blown okay. up balloons and you have to run along and you have to pop one balloon because i and then you seen... and then you go back and you give your lance to the next person and they go and pop a balloon you know and you have to do it in a certain order um there's I... ones with like yeah. cups where there's like a cup on top of a post and you have to like each person has to move it from one cup to the next uh from what the cup from one post to the next and stuff like that there's loads of fun fun little races where you have to do it as fast as you can but if you do it wrong then it slows you down so you also have to be really precise it's great um they don't hold the prince philip cup which is like the the um like the high the high like championship of mounted games yeah. i think that's at the royal windsor horse show um, because it's the Prince Philip Cup, and of course he's royalty, so they have to do it at the Windsor Horse Show, which is basically yes. in the royal family's backyard. <laughs> but they hold like qualifiers and stuff for it, which is, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, so I think it's very, it's a very fun show to go to. Um, and 
if anyone is interested in like watching it, I guess there's definitely videos on YouTube. Like absolutely 100% there are videos on YouTube of like highlights from various years. If you're in the UK, they show it on the BBC, but the footage on the BBC has gotten progressively worse over the years. So <laughs> could say that um, about a lot of BBC things, honestly. Yeah, the uh, coverage of anything related to horses has just gotten really bad. I think you could say the coverage of anything has gotten very bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, like, their coverage of the Olympics a few years ago wasn't yeah. great. Um, they've lost uh, broadcasting rights to both of the big four-star three-day events. Uh, so the ones where they do dressage, cross-country, and show jumping over three days they've lost broadcasting rights to both of those so they can't show either of them and they've been on the bbc for years um olympia they have stopped showing any of the displays so they used to start broadcasting at the beginning of the performance so for the evening performances that was like six o'clock and it would go on until like 10 um so you get like four hours of coverage like every night for like five nights because they always miss the first day um but they've stopped doing that now and they don't show the displays which makes it really strange because on show jumping days they'll do multiple classes split up by the displays right. but because they don't show the displays anymore they'll show like world cup show jumping for an hour and then they'll turn it off and then an hour later they'll show the jump off of the world cup show jumping <laughs> and it's like what <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> Why? Why have you broken this down? It's it's I, I it's don't somebody like it. That, it's somebody that doesn't understand this, the activity itself. Yeah, it's just making um, judgment calls. So yeah, um, they also last year the not last year the reason why uh, so since I started going, I went that one year with the university, and since then I've been every single year except for the year that COVID cancelled it. Right. Um, and last year because I was at school. <laughs> but apart from that i've been every single year and part of the reason is because the bbc coverage has gone so downhill especially since covid um the year that i went so 2021 was the first year it was held at the xl arena and it was the first time that they'd held it since covid because they cancelled it in 2020 for obvious reasons um so when i went back in 2021 my parents were watching at home and they said that they didn't start the coverage until midway through the like dressage to music class, which was the last thing they did in that session. So all the displays, all the dog agility, all the Shetland Pony Grand National, whatever, that all came first from 6pm. So they didn't start showing any content until like three hours later. After, like halfway through the the actual like dressage class, so they missed like the first five or six people. So how many um, people? T how many people tend to be in each one of these? Um, it depends on what I mean. Yeah, what like discipline it is. The show jumping they tend to have a lot of people. Yeah. Um, the dressage less so. The the um. The Grand Prix dressage class, I think they'd only have 30. That's still a lot. Yeah. Um, but each dressage test is about five minutes. Five, six minutes-ish. Yeah. Or, I mean, actually, no. 
the Grand Prix ones are longer, but the ones that I do are five minutes. <laughs> They're sort of like between sort of six and ten minutes, I think, is about average. Yeah. So um, even if for it were 10, test, so, even if it's 10 minutes times 30 people, that's still quite, yeah, quite but a chunk. like, But yeah, considering it goes on for like three hours, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, and they don't have a break midway through. It's just like straight all the way through. Um, but the show jumping, I remember watching last year on the BBC, the World Cup class that they did for the show jumping, and there were 45 people in the first round. And, and then they held a jump off afterwards. Dang. Yeah. Um, but the free starter music, because the Grand Prix is like the qualifying class for that, they normally have maybe 15 people total. So if they're skipping the first five or six people from that class, that's a third of the class gone. Yeah. So it's not great that they're not showing as much anymore and i'm not even sure why because they have exclusive broadcasting rights to it so yeah well like i, I kind of i get it with the with the olympics because they didn't have enough money to buy broadcasting rights to the olympics <laughs> And there's a lot of shit at the well, Olympics. They, they, so. had, they had enough money to buy broadcasting rights for some of the Olympics. So they had to like look at their figures from the last Olympics and figure out what most people were watching. <laughs> <laughs> and buy the ones that people were watching. So we got shafted on the Olympic oh. coverage. There was no Olympic coverage of any of the equestrian disciplines at all. None? None. Um, I had to get my VPN out and go and watch it through the Canadian channels. Yeah, Which, so by the way, if you live in Canada, you. I love your TV channels. <laughs> yeah. It was so good. They showed everything. <laughs> um, the US ones were surprisingly difficult to access, actually. We tried. Um, we especially because one of the one of the American streaming services my dad had an account for already, but he didn't realize he had it. Um, because you could get it for free with a military login. Oh, yeah. So my dad tried to like be like, hey, I'm US military, let me in. And they were like, yeah, we'll let you in for 10 minutes. Yeah. And then you're out. And it's like, what? <laughs> so we ended up using a VPN and watching via Canada. So, <laughs> Dear any um, VPN companies that want to sponsor this podcast. Yeah, I, yeah, I have issues with the VPN that I'm using, to be honest, because it just okay. turns itself off midway through the day, and I don't know why. But, but yeah, but this the next time it should be fine because my dad has paid for me to have a year's subscription to FEI TV. So every single time the FEI does literally anything, I can watch it. It's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. So what is what's FEI? Um, it's the International Equestrian Federation. Um, and they but, have their own streaming service. Yes. <laughs> um, but it's it's called the FEI and not the IEF because it's, it's French. French. So it's yeah. the Fédération <laughs> Equestrian Internationale or whatever. You know, I I don't know French. <laughs> but that it's, sounds it's about French, right. So, uh, but they're in charge of 
all of the like Olympic qualifiers and all of that, like they set the rules for all international equestrian competition. So anything that involves people coming from other countries, they're in charge of. Um, which means that at my level, they don't govern shit. <laughs> but like, <laughs> once you get up like six million levels above where I'm at, <laughs> then you have to watch out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they have their own streaming service. But I think a lot of that is because the stuff that they run isn't shown anywhere. So like, um, but the reason why my dad paid for me to have the streaming service was because I wanted to watch the European Championships and it wasn't, you, you couldn't watch it on the TV. And you used to be able to. Um, you used to be able to watch the European Championships, especially eventing. Um, it used to be like broadcast on BBC Red Button, which is like it's a BBC channel, but it's like a sub channel. I, I don't I don't know how to explain it really. Um you'd be on like BBC One and you'd press the red button on your remote and you'd get like sports. <laughs> right. right. I, and yeah. yeah. So that it used to be shown on there. Um, but they've stopped. They've stopped showing it. Um, so stuff like that, you could you can't watch anymore. Um, and yeah, this World Cup series they stream on there, and you can't watch that anywhere. Like, there's no channels that show that, and they never have. Um, things like driving, mounted games, stuff like that. That's never been on the TV because it's such a sort of niche <laughs> discipline. Um, but you can watch that now on on the fei streaming service so it, it's quite uh it's quite a good idea i think it's just really expensive so i had to get my dad to pay for it that was my birthday present <laughs> um but yeah so actually the olympics are next year so i might get coverage through that yeah that would be neat i feel like i've just been rambling on forever and ever and ever about how cool olympia is we're bit, we're almost an hour uh, wow okay the point well that okay. is indeed the point but i would Did like you... this episode to not be three hours long and we do have more to talk about when yes when you actually when i actually go, go. so this oh. year i am once again going on freestyle to music night but we i will watch the grand prix which is never shown on the bbc i will use my handy dandy fei tv account to watch that um and then i think that's on the wednesday and then i'm going on the thursday and the friday is puissance night and then we will record on the saturday okay and there is an cool. afternoon performance on the saturday so i'll try and see if i can find that um they do afternoon and evening performances and sometimes mornings the mornings are normally the breed showing classes and then the afternoon is normally like the fun show jumping classes. And then the evening is the fancy World Cup classes. Except for on Saturday where they flip that around and they do the World Cup class in the afternoon. And then the fun classes in the evening because everyone's free on a Saturday. <laughs> they try to do the fun stuff in the evening most of the time so that people can like go after work, I guess. Because right. it doesn't start until six. Um, take, your, take your kids to the yeah. fun stuff when you're off work. Yeah, basically. Yeah um but yeah so we'll see my yeah my mum's kind of annoyed that i've got a ticket because it's, it's the last week of term and the dressage to music night is midway through that week because it's on the thursday uh and she's like how are you gonna get there and back <laughs> like after work and before work the next day because i might be doing supply and i was like well either i can call off sick the next day which yes. is the last day of term <laughs> and just like <laughs> 
murder these children who will be wanting to give me Christmas cards. Um, or I can just die, Not I guess, sleep. in a sleep-deprived haze. Um, because I will probably be driving because the XL Arena is very conveniently at the bottom of the M11, which is the only motorway near me. <laughs> so I get on the M11 and I follow it all the way down and there we are. It's there. Oh, it's about so it's an hour and a half. Up. Oh, that's not bad. It's about an hour and a half, two hours. Um, so if it finishes at midnight, I'll get home at like 2am, basically. Um, and, and then, and then like have to sleep. Yeah. And then have to go to school for 8 a.m., <laughs> which is doable. So that's what I'll be doing. And then I'll be back and we'll record on the Saturday. That's our yeah. plan. So that's so, our plan. <laughs> hopefully, if you are listening to this in like 10 seconds, you'll hear me again saying, welcome back. And there'll be a sleep deprived but very excited Jess. I am more excited when I'm sleep deprived. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and maybe we'll feed her caffeine too and just watch the show. Oh, oh I don't it. drink coffee. Well, I have tea Or energy right drinks, now. really. Okay. Or tea. I don't do oh. caffeine, but oh. I don't need it. I, yeah. I am insane enough without it. Yeah. Anyway. We're going to. Yeah, I think, I think that's there. everything for now. Yeah. Um, and then we will come back later. Okay. To all of this. Please hold. Okay, welcome back. Uh, you didn't notice we were gone, but we were gone. <laughs> yeah. Trust us. You've been on a break. It's been a few seconds for you, unless you like. Remember to pause it and get a snack and then come back. <laughs> I highly recommend that. Yes, that would be a good course of anyway, action. <laughs> and you know it's been a couple weeks since we recorded part one because I've had a haircut. <laughs> look, look. It's beautiful. <laughs> okay. So, anyway. Okay. So somebody's now been uh -huh. to Olympia. We are, we are officially and... midway through the... Five days of Olympia as of recording. Oh, so we've had three full days of competition. And we have and today, tomorrow, that, Monday. A, so we are halfway. You showed a couple of videos uh, to our group thing, and that was a little yeah. wild. You'll have to explain I will be that. Explaining that. Uh, so Begin. Okay, let's start? start with the fact that the BBC's coverage this year is even more sh than usual. Uh, <laughs> no! Start us off with the no, bad the news BBC. and it will only get better from here. Um, <laughs> so the BBC normally shows some footage of most days, right? Like, it's... Right. The BBC's coverage is not good if you are a dressage person because there are two days of dressage and the BBC only shows one of them. <laughs> The BBC only shows the freestyle. Um, so if you want ah. to watch the the day preceding the freestyle, guess what you can't watch it on? <laughs> the TV channel that everyone in the country has access to. Um, but the freestyle is on uh, Red Button and iPlayer. Um, okay. 
normally. Uh, and then they normally have puissance and all the other show jumping classes on BBC Two, which is one of the main channels, and on Red Button and iPlayer and all of that. Like you can watch it wherever. Um, but this year, <laughs> this year they showed the freestyle on the Thursday. Just the freestyle, nothing else. Just the freestyle. They showed the puissance yesterday. Uh, on Red Button, not on BBC Two, which is unusual. Uh, and again, just the puissance, not the rest of the performance. Uh, they are showing nothing today, even though there is a morning and an afternoon um, session today, and it is the most popular day to attend. They are not showing any of that. They are showing the World Cup show jumping tomorrow on BBC Two live. Um, and then Monday, they are showing a full evening performance, including the Grand Prix show jumping. Um, now, for context, the Grand Prix show jumping is basically the same as the World Cup show jumping. It is exactly the same setup. It is exactly the same height. You get most of the same people. <laughs> but they picked the Monday to show the full evening performance, which is the most boring evening performance. They would have been better showing the afternoon performance on the Monday or one of the Saturday performances because that's when they have some of the fun classes like the uh, the six bar or the speed round or there's a there's a class where they get pony club kids on ponies uh, doing a relay, like a show jumping relay against jump jockeys for charity. It's great fun. Um, they have classes like that. They do a fancy dress one on the Monday where they're all dressed up in like panto costumes. That's their theme for Monday <laughs> afternoon. Like they could have showed those, but they're not. They're showing the fancy Grand Prix show jumping, which is objectively more boring. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's all they're showing. Uh, none of the afternoon performances. Um they're not showing the Grand Prix special, which was on Wednesday, but that's not unusual. They've never shown that because people think dressage is boring. <laughs> um, and they are only showing the displays on the Monday when they have the, the full evening performance. Um, each of the show jumping classes, the World Cup and the Grand Prix show jumping, are two hours of people jumping the same course. Uh, all the jumps are the same height, uh, everybody jumps the same course, and the aim of the game is to keep the jumps up. Um, so, right. personally, I think that is more boring than freestyle to music, where at least everyone is riding a slightly different test to different music. Um, but yeah, so the BBC's coverage this year is not it's great. It's it's not some weird rights it, issue. No, thing, it is, is it? we think. Um, because of the classes okay. that they're showing, um, they are showing... So the FEI runs a lot of the classes out of Olympia because um, it's the UK leg of their World Cup tour. So they have the World Cup dressage and they have the World Cup jumping and they're also doing driving. Um, so they're doing World Cup driving as well. And this is this is one of the legs of their tour around Europe. And at the end of that tour, there is the World Cup final, which brings together the European um, 
Pan-American, Pan-Asian and um, yeah, that like all the different World Cup tours in the different parts of the world, they all come together and the final is in Riyadh, I think, in, um, I want to say Saudi Arabia, but that's probably wrong. But, you, you know, it's, it's in the Middle East. <laughs> I think that's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> what a place to put their World Cup final, given everything that is going on. But anyway, um, so it also culminates there. But this is the London leg of that tour. So... If you look at what the BBC is covering, it is one FEI dressage class and one FEI show jumping class. So my assumption would be that the BBC is only licensed to show one FEI class per discipline, uh, one for dressage, one for jumping, uh. and everything else they um, they have to like buy the rights to from different companies. Um, so like they're showing the puissance because they always show the puissance that's the one where they jump the big wall and the wall gets bigger every time yeah, uh, yeah. and then the evening performance on Monday that they're showing the whole thing of there are no FEI classes all day on Monday um, so presumably was... they just have to pay the organisers of the show to show the stuff that they're doing that day so I think it's a licensing for issue and they don't have the money to pay the FEI and whatever to stream their content because the fei uh all the fei classes are available on fei tv which is their own streaming service and all of the non-fei mm. classes are being streamed on horse and country which is another tv channel that you can get if you specifically like horses uh which we don't have because it is expensive <laughs> and this is like it's... the one event of the whole year that is on horse and country exclusively <laughs> um but it's annoying because it means you need like three different streaming services to watch Olympia now, which really sucks. Oh, we have um we have a streaming service called Clip My Horse, which has FEI TV included, so we can watch all of the FEI classes. We've been having a great time watching the driving this morning. But okay. um but other than that, we can't we can't watch any of the non-FEI classes because we don't have horse and country. Which is annoying because they're the fun ones. Of the show jumping classes, I would much rather watch the ones that are on horse and country, but alas, we do not have horse and country. Um, but yeah, so the so I went to see the dressage to music on the Thursday. Um yes. and so on Wednesday evening, um I went on Clip My Horse, which my dad is paying for as a birthday present to me. And I was like, we're going to watch the oh. Grand Prix special, which is the class, the dressage class that they did on the Wednesday. So that I know going in who's who's like top of the chart, like top of the table uh, and who's like actually qualified for it. Because in theory, most of the time at these World Cup shows, you have a list of about 30 people who do the special and then only about 15 of them qualify for the freestyle. That's how it works at the Olympics. That's how it works at most of the World Cup things. That's how it works mm. at the Europeans. Um, and like the Pan Am games and all of that. Like that's normally how it works. Not everybody qualifies for the freestyle. Uh, I guess London did not get enough entries to do that because everyone who did the, the special then went forward to the freestyle, except for one person, because we had drama in the Grand Prix special. <laughs> um, so one of the British riders um, in the Grand Prix special on Wednesday, got eliminated 
Nope. Um, they got a limit. You yeah. mentioned something. Yeah, you mentioned they, something about that, and then I made a joke about Yeah, recaps. they got eliminated <laughs> midway through their test in the Grand Prix special for having blood in the horse's mouth. Uh, which is not the first time that's happened. I The last time I was at Olympia, it it happened there as well, in the freestyle, um, very early on in the test. like They came down the centre line to start their test and the judge pulled them up immediately. This was at least about halfway through the test. Um, but yeah, they did a halt, they did a rein back, the judge stopped them and said, no, you've got blood in your horse's mouth, you're eliminated. Um, so it's not unusual for it to happen. I mean, it is unusual for it to happen, but it's not like unheard of. Like it does happen, and it's a good thing that it happens because you don't want horses to be doing dressage while they're in pain. That is a thing <laughs> that we we try quite hard a lot of the time to make sure that our horses are fit and happy and comfortable. You know, so it's a good thing that they pulled him up because I'm sure he would have been very upset to find out afterwards that he'd been riding a horse while the horse was in pain or i mean i would have hoped so um but a lot of the time after that happens they don't necessarily say why there was blood in the horse's mouth um sometimes it's that they've bitten their tongue or that they've been scratched by something somehow like you know maybe they were eating a they were eating hay before they came out and they scratched the inside of their mouth on a piece of hay i don't know um a lot of the time they don't say what they think has happened because you never know with horses. You know, they're, they're strange creatures. <laughs> you, they can injure themselves yeah. by looking at something wrong, you know? Um, so a lot of the time you don't actually know what caused it. They don't normally say. Uh, a lot of the time it is just that they've bitten their tongue. It happens. Um, but uh, it could be that their bit is too sharp. Not that a bit should have sharp things on. Ah. It's like smoothed, rounded metal you know like it shouldn't be sharp but sometimes you know if it's worn down uh it can get sharp in places and that could cut them or sometimes it is that they've been training very very badly and they have been pulling on the horse's mouth too hard and they've cut the horse's mouth by pulling and that's why it's a rule that you're not allowed to compete if there's any blood on your horse uh, which we talked about in the dressage episode, so I don't really need to go over all of this again. But in case you haven't listened to that yeah. episode, or you know you've forgotten, uh, <laughs> that is that is why go back. That is why listen. people get pulled yeah. up for having blood in their horse's mouth. It's the same with um, FEI. Still has rules where you have to ride in a double bridle and spurs. Uh, British dressage have changed it, but the FEI rules say that you still have to ride in spurs. So because uh, dressage riders ride in spurs they have rules about how if there's blood on the horse's sides you get pulled up and you can get um i guess the closest like equivalent is to like a red or a yellow card in football um Ooh. i think we even use the same terminology you can get like carded for having blood like blood on your horse's sides and you get banned from competing for a certain amount of time um under FEI rules they are they are getting very strict on it um they're getting a bit more lax in other ways with the welfare stuff like uh they we talked about it in way 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 back when but they've uh they rewrote some of their rules about a year ago to sort of make the sort of 
there were things that were in the FEI rule book as like as a rule to do with how like the horse's outline and how the horse should be going that they got rid of and said that they were they were just guidelines now they weren't a rule uh, things like that they're getting a bit more lax in that respect to follow the the like trends I guess in how horses are ridden but um, but in terms of like blood rules they're really strict on it for dressage less strict for show jumping. Um, but yeah, which isn't a bad thing. I like that they're quite strict on having, on like how you shouldn't have blood on your horse because you shouldn't have blood on your horse. If you are riding correctly, your horse should not have any blood anywhere, you know? Um, that is the ideal scenario. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, so there was drama in the Grand Prix special. Someone got eliminated. They were then not allowed to compete in the freestyle the next day because they got eliminated. Um, but mm. of the, of the Grand Prix special, there were, there was uh, a very young British rider who I watched him go in. They said how old he was. And I was like, oh my God, he's only a couple of years older than I am, which was very depressing to learn. <laughs> very, very young, Aww. just come out of under 25s. It was his first, um, first Olympia, first freestyle as a senior at Grand Prix. He'd previously done under 25 Grand Prix, which is the exact same level as, of test, but you are only competing against under 25s. Um, so it was his first yeah. first time competing as like a full adult at that level. Um, and I, when he rode his Grand Prix special, me and my mum both sort of looked at each other and we said, we hope he does well because he rode the horse. There, there were mistakes, you know, like it wasn't a perfect test by any means. You could tell that he was very young, quite inexperienced. And you could tell that the horse wasn't massively experienced at that level either. Um like he was doing everything, but there were mistakes that crept in, and there are mistakes that creep in. Like for everybody, you know, the best riders in the world have mistakes sometimes. But yeah, I was like, it wasn't perfect. Like we we were watching it, and we we're like, yeah, he's he's not like the best in the field, but we hope he does well because the way he was riding the horse was very is very much more of a sort of a, the classical dressage style. The outline was not really fixed and tight. The horse looked relaxed and comfortable. And it had its ears pricked the whole time. Yeah, like its chin was not like pinned to its chest. <laughs> if you know what I mean, like it it just looked very sort of soft and relaxed. And that's a good thing. And we liked that. Um, so he's someone to sort of watch coming forward. I think his name was Luke Carrier or something. He's very, very young. Hmm. Uh, he'll be up and coming in the next few years, I'm sure. Um, but I hope that he doesn't watch the people who are like winning these classes and go, oh, I need to ride like them because we like how he rides. <laughs> I don't want him to change. I want him to keep riding his horses so they're nice and loose and relaxed because that's that's technically more correct than the people who are winning the classes. Just he had a couple of mistakes that sort of dragged his scores down a bit. Um, but yeah, so that was nice. And there was a, a German girl who rode a very nice test who the commentary team could not pronounce her name, which is hilarious because it was not a particularly difficult name to pronounce. It just had an umlaut. Um, but yeah, oh. so so she did quite well. And there was a, an Irish girl and the Irish are always good fun. I uh, love seeing the Irish people come out to Olympia because it's their closest World Cup and they want to try and qualify for the Olympics and fail every time. <laughs> but Oh, that's not why we like seeing them there. Um, we like seeing them there because they're a lot of fun. Uh, the last time I was at Olympia, one of the Irish riders used Christmas music for their freestyle, which was 
amazing. Like, if you're going to do music at Olympia, it is like two weeks before Christmas. If you don't use Christmas music, <laughs> you're doing something wrong. Like, if I was competing at Olympia, I'd make a special track just for that, and it would be Christmas music because. It is synonymous with Christmas in this country if you're a horsey person. But um, but yeah, they did not use Christmas music this year. Uh, but yeah, she wrote a very nice test. Um, but yeah, it was the the Grand Prix special was pretty good, aside from the drama. Uh, we watched it back afterwards because I wanted to know who was on top and who had some work to do. Uh, but there were no results that we didn't expect, really. Um, the people who we expected to came out on top, which was Charlotte Dujardin and Lottie Fry were in the top two. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and you expect that from them because they are Olympic medalists and everyone else is not. Um, but yeah, so we watched that and then I went to see the freestyle yesterday. Uh, not yesterday, yesterday was the puissance. I went to see the freestyle on Thursday and that is the evening performance so I drove down because it's in XL so it's right at the bottom of the M11 and I can drive that so I drove down and I did not find any of the things in the shopping village that I needed to find which is like I how <laughs> you know like this is the first time I have ever been to an event like that and not found what I was looking for in the shopping village like that's insane it oh. never happens they have so many people there um but I didn't I didn't find what I was looking for so alas <laughs> was it just that unique or was not it really just... um, wait I can't believe nobody's I hearing was this. For, I was looking for a specific type of girth, which I'm not surprised they didn't have it because the company that made it went bust about a year ago. So we've managed oh. to find them online. But my mum was like, just go and check and see if anyone still has some in stock. But no one did. But walking around, there were only two stands there that stocked any girths at all, which is very unusual because they are kind of essential. <laughs> to ride with because they hold your saddle on um but yeah so that was interesting and then i was looking for a pair of boots because my boots the sole is completely worn flat there's no grip on them anymore um so i was looking for a pair of boots and there were two again two only two stands that sold boots that weren't like fancy long show boots um and they were really weird about you trying them on um in that i picked up a box off the stack that i thought might fit and a guy came over and said no you have to try them on over here and he took me to a like a bench next to their stand and he sat in front he stood in front of me and watched me try them on and then he asked me if they fitted and i was like mm, not really they're a little bit small and he like snatched them off me <laughs> Because uh, I think that they were worried that people were going to steal these boots. And it's like, what? <laughs> you know, like, you have to pay to get into this thing. Um, but yeah, so that was an experience. Um, what else was I looking for? Nothing else, really. That was That was the main thing. I was told in advance I am not allowed to buy another big tub of pick-and-mix horse treats because we already have too many treats um yeah you 
you can never have too many treats for your four-legged I know. friend. I say, I, I'm saying this to my dog right now. But, <laughs> I know. <laughs> horse counts. Oh, she deserves uh, more treats. But yeah, so I went and looked around there and did not find what I was looking for. I had dinner early and then it was time for the performance. And it starts quite early. Um, for all that the actual dressage class takes about, it takes about the same time as the show jumping. It takes about two hours, a little bit more than if you include the like prize giving and everything. Um, the class started at about, I want to say about half seven. Um, but the performance started at about six um, because they do a lot of displays beforehand. And for some reason, the freestarter music, they did not have all of the displays in. I went back and looked at the timetable for the other days and all of the other days have multiple displays. And we did not. We only had one. But that one was very cool. Uh, they do the dog agility first, which is very cute to watch. Um, for anyone who is into dogs, which I know you are because you have a dog. Um, well, I used to work for a place that put on uh, dog shows, and that was typically yeah. part of it. Um, but yeah, uh, they did dog agility and the dog agility class that they were running when I was watching was called Anything But A Collie. <laughs> Where any what? dog breed, it was like a mis <laughs> uh, miscellaneous class because normally they're run by the kennel club, so they have to be like small, medium, right, or right. large breeds. Uh, but this was the anything but, but a but. collie class, so they were allowed any dog breed, any size, as long as it wasn't a collie, because the collie dogs are too smart and they're too good at it. So they were like, if we have collies in here, there's actually, I think, a couple breeds. Better than oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, but yeah, there were so there was some spaniels like... going around. There was a Labrador. There was some like Belgian shepherds. Oh, yeah. uh, the dog that <laughs> won it was a pointer who was eight years okay. old and was retiring at that like after that class. Aww. That was their last ever dog agility class, and they won it. And they were springing around. Like, like they were clearing all the jumps by like double what they needed to. It was great to watch. That dog was having so much fun. Uh, the dog that came second was a rescue dog. So they had no idea what breed Aww. this dog was. It was very cute. Um, it looked exactly like our yard owner's dog. <laughs> so, so that was fun. Uh, it was very cute to watch because it's great to watch them just have the best time and they always get so many cuddles afterwards and they run straight for their toys and they get so many treats and yeah, they're just great. Um, and then sometimes you'll see them wandering around the shopping village afterwards because there's always like at least one stand that sells dog treats on site and um, so you'll see them wandering around the shopping bit afterwards and you can just be like, dog! And I got to give so many dogs cuddles, it was great. Um oh but yeah so so that was fun to watch and then they did the Shetland Pony Grand National which is just oh my god I love that I love that class so much <laughs> they get all these little kids who want to be jump jockeys on Shetland ponies and set them off around this arena galloping flat out and they jump little mini like steeplechase fences like the hedges they have little mini ones and they jump those on Shetlands and it's great fun. Oh my God. Because Shetland ponies are so cheeky 
and so like they're sturdy but they're just they're so naughty they're so they're they're great fun to watch um and the kids have a great time um but yeah and all of this is christmas themed they've got like tinsel wrapped around everything everyone's dressed up in costume it's great um and then they did a special display they had people come in from very far afield this time um in previous years they've had like the household cavalry they've had the mounted police they've had um they had this french guy come once with a load of ponies and do like um natural horsemanship stuff to music you know all of that they're they're great fun these displays i think they do have the household cavalry this year but i don't i didn't see them they they were the display that they skipped for my performance but uh this year they had uh, a group of lusitano horses come and they were known as the pride of portugal and i can see why and that is the video that i sent you um so not to give it away for the people who are going to go on bbc uh red button on monday and watch the whole evening performance but <laughs> they had these lusitanos come in and all the people riding were dressed up as like the um like the Spanish cowboys, uh, yeah, with their hats and their long flowing trousers and everything. And they had these Lusitanos that they were riding, their beautiful horses. And they came in with flaming lances. I am not joking. Mm. They, ha they had like steel pikes that were on fire. <laughs> uh, and it's not unusual to see these displays to music with fire involved. The mounted police for years came every year and did a display that involved jumping through hoops of fire um so it's not unusual but it was something slightly different because we haven't seen that sort of thing in quite a few years now um so that was very cool and then they all came out with the fire and they came back in with a couple of other people and they did like a um musical ride type thing where they were doing all these maneuvers fancy dressage moves and everything and it was great it was great fun to watch um which is why i then went on the group chat and was like i think that the like love child of western riding and dressage is whatever the hell the, the portuguese are doing with their lusitana <laughs> <laughs> because that is what it looks like um they're great um I do love them. They were fantastic. I was watching them and I was like, I want one of those horses. They were so beautiful. Yeah. And they did such a good job. And they well, and well behaved. There was oh, they, yeah. those lances were oh, close. Yeah. yeah. I was looking going, that's kind of close. Yeah, to it the is. Horse. And they're very well behaved. And the horse isn't freaking yeah, out. They're very they're very well yeah. behaved. They're very calm. There are I get a lot of videos on instagram especially of people in spain and portugal riding lusitanos sometimes andalusians but mostly lusitanos and they hold special riding competitions over there that are sort of like working horsemanship type things yeah you know, like all the things that they would need to do in real life um and they get men women and children on the exact same horses <laughs> doing the exact same thing and you know they'll go herring around this um like this field like opening gates going up and down like over bridges um like with spears like stabbing bags of flowers stuff like that like they're fully they're they are very very calm horses and they are 
trained to be that way, all of them, like as a, as a standard. Uh, sometimes you'll see them doing dressage and they look incredibly highly strung, but um, the working horses are trained to be very, very relaxed about a lot of things that would freak out other horses because the breeds from that region were originally bred as war horses. So the Lusitanos, the Andalusians, the Lipizanas, they were all trained to go to war originally. And despite the fact that we do not use horses for war anymore, they have continued to breed them with that sort of temperament in mind. They are bred and trained to be very bold, very brave, but also very protective of their owners. Like They will look after you if they are trained properly, which most horses will. Yeah, if you have a good relationship with them, but they're sort of, yeah, they're trained that way and you can tell. And they did a fantastic job of showing those horses off. So I was very impressed and I kind of want one. <laughs> um, and then we had the freestyle and I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit disappointed with this year's freestyle. Um, not for any particular reason. It was just, I was watching it and that most people were not particularly bold with their floor plans. There was a lot of the same kinds of movements in the same sorts of places. Um, and the music got very samey after a while. It was a lot of the same sort of beats, uh, the same types of music. There wasn't anything that was particularly like, oh, that's different. Like um in previous years yeah we've had people who've used just christmas music we've had uh people show up who have used just irish music or just spanish music or we had someone do it like four or five years ago where their entire freestyle like soundtrack was nursery rhymes and i am not joking <laughs> they use like the hey, how does they use like work? the cd like karaoke tracks that you play in schools of different nursery rhymes and it was great it fitted that horse down to the ground it was fantastic to watch it was a lot of fun but the best um the best freestyles to watch as an audience are the ones where the music is recognizable where you know the songs so when it's like you know people using nursery rhymes or um christmas songs or very well-known film soundtracks that's great because everyone knows that music. So it gets everyone like, you know, clapping along. They're all excited. You know, the, like the mood is up when you use music that people recognize, um, which is why um, the, one of the best freestyle tests, um, as far as like UK dressage is concerned, is probably Charlotte Dujardin's 2012 Olympic test because all of that music was so like quintessentially British at the London Olympics that <laughs> and everyone in the audience was just like, oh my God, this is what we're here for, you know. Like it fitted very, very well. Everyone knew all of the songs. Um, and like some of the other music that they've used, they've used like How to Train Your Dragon soundtracks. Everyone knows that music. Yeah, like when when people know the music that sort of that works a lot better when you get it so that it's sort of boiled down to just like the beat and maybe a melody like a melody line you lose a lot of the people's interest because they don't recognize the songs anymore which is sad 
Um, but yeah, and it's like, yeah, the floor plans were a lot of the same. Um, they weren't particularly ambitious. But to be fair, I had come out of I had come I had gone to Olympia just having watched, I think it was Stuttgart was the last World Cup in the series. Uh and at that one you had people like Isabel Wirth, who is well known for being very, very bold on the choreography. <laughs> yeah, she she's the one who does um canter pirouette to PF pirouette back to canter pirouette again, and it's insane, and we all know it's insane, but we somehow all expect everyone else to be as bold as her. So um so I suppose we can't expect we can't really judge them too harshly for that. But it's also I don't know uh why this is more of a thing now, but there's a lot of people in their freestyle plans doing so that you have um i don't know if you've seen it there are so there's a movement that horses do where they do what's called flying changes in canter and when you string them together it looks like the horses are skipping i don't know if you've seen this okay uh, but it basically just means that they're changing what leg they lead in lead with in canter so they they sort of they change lead um out of the you know Doing it once is more of sort of a mid-level sort of movement. I can't do it. Um, but when you get to Grand Prix, you're expected to do strings of it where you do it on either every stride or every other stride. And they're called one and two time uh, changes or tempi changes. And um, it has become much more of a thing recently. And I saw it in every single test in this freestyle uh, competition where they've been doing it on a curved line or they'll start on a straight line and then they'll do like a change onto a diagonal line uh and they'll sort of curve it a bit uh so the and it's always said that the the curve goes away from the judges a little bit but never so that they've got their back to the judges and technically it is harder to do it on a curve because you've got to do more work to balance the horse but when you do one and two time changes, when you do these um, flying changes all in a row, uh, one of the things that the judges are marking you on is straightness, how straight your horse is. They are not allowed to swing their bum or their shoulders while they're doing it. Uh, and if they do, you get marked down for it. You can hide a multitude of straightness sins in a curved line especially if that curve is away from the judge so that you never have your back to them or your front. If they can only ever see your side, they can't tell whether you're on a straight line or not. You know, so there was a lot of very clever positioning of movements to hide that they weren't doing it right from the judges, um, which, like, from where I was sitting, I could see exactly what they were doing. <laughs> but you have... They screwed up, but the judge <laughs> yeah. can't tell. Yeah, so therefore... Yeah. So, like, there's a judge at C, there's a judge at E and B, and there's a judge uh, at M, which is at the same end of the arena as C. So there is no one at the A end of the arena to watch. Um, and there is no one on, other than the judge at E, there is no one on the same side of the arena as I was. So... <laughs> You cannot, like, there, there's no one to see, you know? Like, there's no one to see whether or not you're straight if you're curving in that direction. Um, 
So yeah, there was a lot of clever placement of things to try and hide the fact that it was not correct. Um, there was, I think, it was a rider from uh, Belgium did what was probably the boldest move of the whole evening and decided to do a PF right in front of the judge at B, which also meant that it was right in front of the judge at E because they are on opposite sides of the arena. <laughs> so doing a <sighs> movement right in front of a judge is considered one of the boldest things you can do because you can't hide anything. You're right in front of them. You know? Right. Uh, doing anything on the center line as well is considered quite bold because you are then in the direct line of sight of every single judge, but also the judge at C is the head judge. <laughs> you are doing it directly in front of the main judge and also in the line of sight of all of the other ones. There is no, there is no way that anything you do wrong on the center line is going to escape anybody's notice. Um, so doing anything on the center line is considered quite a bold movement. Doing anything directly in front of a judge is considered a very bold move. Uh, and there were a couple of people who did it. Uh, this rider from Belgium did a PF right in front of basically two of the judges. <laughs> and there was there was a lot of people doing things on the center line. Um, but other than that, like they were placing things in ways that meant that they could hide what they were doing and they were doing it on purpose and i can't really blame them because i would do exactly the same thing because you know you know your horse you know what they're good at and what they're not good at and if your horse is not good at um tempi changes for example you're going to place those in such a way that you can hide whether you're doing them wrong while also making it look like it's much more complicated because doing it on a curved line is difficult um but if your horse is not very straight while they do it, then putting them on a curved line makes absolute sense because they don't have to be straight when they're on a curved line because it's a curve, <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, it was like, there were there was some disappointment um, just on the whole, but um, there was a test that was very... So I'm not going to start naming specific names for things that I see as incorrect but um, I disagreed with some of the judges decisions <laughs> and I am not yes, going to about, I am uh, not going to yeah, start naming names about it because I do not want people to come for my head <laughs> but um, I think possibly my favourite test of the evening was Becky Moody's who is a British rider who has been riding for longer than I've been alive, um, but has is only sort of just coming into like her position, I guess, as one of the sort of senior riders. Um, she was the traveling reserve for the Europeans and uh, and stuff like that. But she's uh, she was at Olympia. It's the first time she's ever been, um, and she did. We're we're back to music that we recognize. She did um, a compilation of sort of pop rock sort of songs which fitted her horse really well. The, her music is, if you want to see an example of music that really elevates the horse, which is what you're meant to do in the freestyle, your music is meant to fit the horse very well. Her music really sort of accentuated what was good about her horse uh, and sort of elevated the bits that weren't very good. It made it look much more bouncy 
than the horse probably is in real life um, because the music fitted so well that it looked like the horse was bouncing because you were listening to the music. <laughs> it it was great. It was great fun to watch. Everyone recognised the music. Everyone was clapping down the final centre line. Yeah, we were all sort of like boogieing along and it like that test deserved the score that it got and it got a very high score um so that was probably my favorite test of the night it was very very good um so if anyone has not seen the freestyle and would like to watch probably the best test of the night that is the one to go and watch i think um and that is the most i will get into my disagreement with the judges <laughs> because <laughs> We're not getting into celebrity names today. Um, but yeah, so it was it was an interesting watch. There have been better years, I think, for for dressage, but uh, but it was interesting. Um my personal opinion is that it has not quite been the same since they've moved from uh Kensington Olympia over to the XL Stadium. I think that it's been going downhill every year since they moved, but uh, but that's my personal opinion. And it is still, you know, it is the highlight of British horse competition each year. So can't really complain yep. too much. Um, but yeah, okay. the best part, I think, for me was... Um, so I I paid a not very high amount of money. I did not pay a lot uh, for my seat. It was listed as restricted view. It was right in the corner. Um, but I am very good at right. picking seats that say they are restricted view and then have a very good view. And this was one of them. So I was right in the corner, but because I was at the front, I had an unobstructed view of the whole arena and it was fantastic. Ah. But the people in the row in front of me who possibly had an even better view than me, um, there was a, a guy who looked like he was probably early thirties. He wasn't that old. Um, and he was there with his two kids. It was just him and his two kids. Uh, a girl and a boy, both primary school aged. The girl, I think, possibly was interested in horses because her jumper had a horse on it. Um, but the dad looked bored to tears the entire time. Um, oh. Like the dog agility in the Shetland Pony Grand National, he was at least taking photos. <laughs> yeah, like he was slightly invested in that because those are quite fun to watch, even if you don't know what you're talking, like what you're looking at. Um, and the obviously the display was with the Lusitanos was fantastic. So everyone was sort of like, <gasps> about that. So that was good. Um, but once the dressage riders came out, he was just, he like resting his head on his fist, like not really paying much attention, was very clearly not interested. His kids though, they were, they were so sweet. Um, so they, obviously they were watching everything, like just, enraptured with the whole thing which was very sweet anyway but the dressage came on and most kids find dressage to be the more boring part of horsey sports because um there's you're less likely to fall off there's less likely to be something dramatic happening um like in the dressage world, drama is someone getting eliminated because their horse is bleeding. So, yeah, like yeah. show jumping people fall off. Show jumping people go crashing through fences at high speed. Dressage, you don't get any of that. 
Uh, so most children find dressage really boring. His kids watch this dressage plastered to the railings with their mouths open, just in awe. And it was such a beautiful thing to watch. Like, when you see kids watching dressage looking like that, you have hope for the sport in general. Because it's like, oh, those kids are going to grow up and remember this moment and remember watching this when they were small. And they're going to have those sort of happy memories of it all their lives. Yeah. And that's going to stick with them. And then maybe they will want to do it. And that's how these sports sort of like persist through time. It's not, you know. Yeah. So it was just, it was really nice to see that they were that like astounded by what they were seeing, especially because that's not something that kids normally do. And you could tell that they really sort of, they valued the experience. They didn't look like they were particularly like well off, I guess. Like, yeah, they were sitting in the cheapest seats. They weren't dressed up particularly. They were they were like jeans and t-shirts and jumpers, you know, like the their dad was obviously trying very hard to give them something that might interest them for Christmas, you know? And they they took that and they ran with it and they had a very good time and it was really sweet to watch. So um so that was probably the best part for me. There were other kids around who did not look anywhere near as interested, and some of them were probably there for the show jumping and had been dragged into the dressage by their parents. So it was nice to see kids that interested, I guess, because most kids aren't. So maybe one day we will see a couple of kids doing dressage, and when they're asked how they got into it, they will say, my dad took me to Olympia for Christmas when I was, like, nine. <laughs> Which would be nice. So... So yeah, uh, and then the puissance was yesterday, and the guy who won the puissance has just won it for the fifth time in a row on the same horse. So no surprises there. <laughs> the wall got up to two meters eighteen, which is pretty tall. That's and so many people jumped it clear in the first round I'm, I'm... that they immediately raised it fifteen centimeters. <sighs> That's roughly. I'm, I'm converting it's, to imperial. It's over seven America. feet. Seven seven point one five feet. So so seven that, feet and one point eight two seven inches or something. For for sports fans in America, that jumps over the heads of most. Oh, absolutely. Players. My dad saw the height that it was in the first round and was like, "That's the same height as me," because in the first round it was a meter eighty. It went up very quickly. Yeah. Uh, and it went up a lot. Like, it went up almost half a metre, which is quite a lot for a puissance. Um, they're normally, once they start dropping down the number of people, they'll raise it, like, five centimetres at a time, maybe ten. This time they were raising it, like, 15 centimetres per round. And they had five jump-offs, you know, so... Uh, or four jump-offs, five rounds total. Um... They're raising it by at least 10 centimetres every time. Which is slightly insane. <laughs> but yeah, it was... I think there's yeah. a, I'm going to try arguing that the next time I'm in any miniatures game and somebody goes, well, a horse can't jump oh, that wall. Like, <laughs> they can. <laughs> just, what's the, what's the record for the highest... So the the record for... The high jump for for horses for show jumping is 
2 meters 47, which is 8 foot 1. Okay. Um, which, which is, is still huge. very freaking high. <laughs> um, so we didn't quite get to that, but we got pretty close. It's only 30 centimeters smaller. And that was back in 1949 in Chile. So, oh, yeah. Really? Um, so there, has there hasn't been a, been a higher jump since oh, then. Wow. There have been, there's been like close. Um, Nick Skelton uh, jumped 232, which is, um, that was a while ago though. Yeah. Um, that was also Olympia. <laughs> when was that? That was the British record. And that was set in 1978. Um, but back back in the day, it was not a red brick wall. So now it's a red brick wall. Uh, but back in the day, it used to be a like sloping fence of um, like poles mm. and a like brush hedge, um, and I you think, were allowed yeah, to have multiple attempts, which yeah. is cool. Yeah. Uh, the puissance record is two meters forty, um, which is seven foot ten and a half. Uh, that was in Belgium back in the nineties. Um, but yeah, no one has gotten close to that world record since it happened, really. Um, the highest ever jumped at Olympia was 2 metres 26. Okay. So we got quite Ooh, close uh, last night. Um, yeah. Because you said it was 218. Yeah, um, yeah that's, so that's one more one round, round they would have had, to, would have had to. But they've changed yeah. uh, the rules. I can't remember when they changed it, but they changed the rules and they are only allowed to do five rounds. Uh, and that is show jumping's one concession to welfare standards, I think. <laughs> um, yeah. they, have to, they are only allowed to do five rounds so that the horses don't get too tired. Um, the thing with the puissance is that a lot of riders use it as a warm-up class for the big like World Cup classes that come in the following days. Um, because there's only five rounds in the puissance and they don't have to jump as many fences. Um, but it's good to get the horses out doing things. So a lot of show jumpers will pay the entry fee for the puissance, jump a few rounds and then retire because they don't actually want to go all the way to the top because they want to save their horses for the following rounds. But they've had a nice they've had a nice warm-up. They've seen the arena, they've jumped some jumps. That's just what they yeah. do. So um but yeah, so that's that's been Olympia so far. There's been nothing on BBC today, and I don't think any of the classes were FEI classes today, so I can't actually watch any of them. So I don't know what's been going on today. Uh, um, tomorrow is the FEI World Cup show jumping. I'm not sure if I'm going to watch it because, honestly, it doesn't sound that interesting. Uh, but the Monday <laughs> evening performance should be quite good, so I will be watching that. Um, yeah, so I think this episode is going to go up at a good time because it goes up tomorrow, which is Sunday, and there is still stuff to watch on the Sunday, 
and stuff to watch on the Monday. So people can listen to this episode on the Sunday and then go, you know what, I'm going to go and watch Olympia. And then maybe the BBC will go, oh, people actually watch it. We should pay money and get more of it next year because the, the quality of the their uh, coverage has been decreasing every year but that's not exclusive to olympia they've been losing coverage of a lot of horse related things recently dear bbc there was no doctor who today you could have covered olympia <laughs> they could have done and instead they chose to do football focus instead and i don't, I don't think the... there were even any big football matches today so i haven't checked with my you know European football nuts, but yeah, none of them are talking yeah. anything. So like, yeah. I don't think there were any really big football games today. Like there was, there's no rugby. There's no. Oh jeez. No tennis. I don't know what else is popular. No cricket. I mean, there might be cricket, but the UK is not playing because we do badly in all of them at the moment. Um, <laughs> I'm not joking. We're like out of every single cricket <laughs> competition that we're in. We just did that badly. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why they're not showing it. I guess they just didn't get the broadcasting licenses. Um, But they haven't for most horsey events recently. So, yeah. It'll be interesting to see with the the dressage especially, because I'm not following the show jumping uh, tour at all, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with the dressage world cup series because the british riders have so far only turned out for london uh olympia they have none of the british oh. riders have been to any of the other legs of the world cup so they're basically not on the table um and that's not exactly like unexpected the same has been happening with like the germans and to a large extent the danes as well um and my only assumption would be that that's because some of the countries have already qualified for the Olympics through the World Championships or the European Championships. They've already qualified. So what is the point in their riders going out to the World Cup and trying to qualify as individuals? Um, which is why you'll see people like Charlotte Dujardin not going for the whole series, even though she's won the World Cup series in the past. It's like, why do that yeah. in an Olympic year? Because next year we have the Paris Olympics, so why, why bother? You know, like why, why go through the trouble to try and get to this final, which is in okay. April, which is not unheard of for people to do multiple international competitions not too far away from each other. But like when you think of the three day event, the big three day events, you have um, Kentucky and badminton, and they are the closest together of the events there's about two weeks in between them nobody rides the same horse at both because horses get jet lag Funnily <laughs> uh, enough yeah and the traveling isn't good for them so you try not to travel your horse overseas too many times per year my assumption would be though that people are unlikely to take horses that they are taking to the olympics to this championship show because yeah. you've got May, June, and then the Olympics is in July. So you've got under three months between the shows. And with traveling being that intense, some will, um, some people only have one horse. So they would then have to make the decision do I go here or do I go to the Olympics? 
Uh, most people who only have one horse are not going to be put on an Olympic team because that is too much of a high risk. Um, we don't know what our Olympic teams are going to be yet. They won't be announced until the spring. So then we've got to uh, sort of juggle if you are expecting to be on an Olympic team, but you haven't actually been told yet, what are you going to do? Because sometimes they don't tell you who's on the Olympic team until about a month in advance. Um, so if you're expecting that you really? might be, but you're not sure, do you take your horse and risk it? So it'll be interesting to see who goes and who doesn't, even once the final leaderboards are up and see who's qualified and who's actually going. The British people aren't going to. Um, a lot of the Germans won't, I don't think. But yeah, so we'll we'll see. It'll be interesting. If you have been listening along to this whole thing and think, hmm, I would quite like to watch Olympia. Uh, the freestyle yes. to music is on the BBC. Uh, the Puissance is on the BBC. They are all available on iPlayer. Uh, there is nothing from Saturday. Alas, because the BBC does not have distribution rights to this anymore. Um, Sunday's Show Jumping World Cup, if you are unfortunate enough to be into show jumping, is <laughs> is also on iPlayer, as will be the Monday performance. Um, but seeing um, as this goes up on a Sunday, if you want to watch the full evening yeah. performance on Monday, it will be available live. If you are interested in any of the other classes that are not available on the BBC, you can either pay extortionate amounts of money to Clip My Horse TV to watch all the FEI classes, or you can pay yep. equally extortionate amounts of money to Horse and Country to watch all of the non-FEI classes. If you want to watch um, all of them, you have to pay extortionate amounts to both of them. <laughs> there YouTube, is definitely a... other people's footage on YouTube. People, people have their phones yeah. out constantly. Or like back in the yeah, day, it used to be so video cameras. So if you want to watch specific people's tests, they'll definitely be on YouTube. Specific show jumping rounds. You could probably someone has probably filmed the whole puissance. There's normally someone who's filmed the whole puissance, but that was on the BBC anyway. So yeah, but like there's normally people who right. film the displays and like the little classes. You know, like they'll film the Shetland Pony Grand National on a specific day, or they'll film yeah the six bar or something on their phone, and they'll put it up on YouTube. So probably you don't actually have to pay <laughs> these companies to watch things, but that's like the official watch list is those sites. Right. So, so but yeah, so there might be stuff available on YouTube to watch. Um, and even if there isn't from this year yet, because it's still ongoing, there will definitely be clips from previous years. So if you fancy watching right. Nick Skelton doing a crazy high jump at Olympia back in the 90s, <laughs> it's probably up there. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, stuff like that. Like, there's there's loads of stuff you can find, and Olympia is a lot of fun. They've stopped doing the Christmas finale now, though, which is sad. They had the um the sleigh that they used to use on display, um, where they like in the corner where they do the shopping, and there was a big like sign that was like, "This sleigh was used for the Christmas finale for decades." They haven't done it since they moved to XL, so I think that's not a new thing, but. Yeah, they're not doing the Christmas finale anymore, which is sad. It means that it's no longer considered like a Christmas show, which it used to very much be a Christmas show. But yeah, so it's still a Christmas show in our hearts. <laughs> we still consider it Christmas, so. 
Um, Christmas has now begun. Olympia is here. So, is there anything else we want to add? We don't. Uh, we know where to find us. You do know where to find us. Uh, yes. <laughs> Otherwise, you wouldn't uh, be here. But yeah, so I guess it's it's goodbye hey. from me, <laughs> and it's goodbye from you too. Oh, <laughs> yes. Since this is coming up tomorrow, yada yada. Yep. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Yes. Oh, Christmas. If you okay. Uh, happy Hanukkah for those. So, which I think I don't know which night we're in now. Eight. This might be night seven. Are we seven or eight? It might be eight. Okay. Yeah. So, which means tomorrow when it comes out, it'll okay. be nine. Are there nine? Right. So of Hanukkah. Uh. Well, I'm looking at a menorah right now, and there's nine okay, spots for then. candles. So <laughs> maybe it is eight. Uh, happy I don't, Christmas, uh, happy Hanukkah, whatever you are celebrating, yeah, okay, have yes. a good time. Yes, Merry yes. Festivus. <laughs> anyway, ta -ta. bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you've made it all the way to the end, congrats. You're officially much stronger than half of our friends. If you're enjoying listening to this podcast, please subscribe so you get notified when we update or sign up for our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash hey underscore I underscore like. We have a direct line to us, the creators. You can also follow us on Tumblr at hey I like, which is all lowercase. That's all for now. See you next time on hey I like.